I'm Anya Katz, and you're listening to A Millennial's Guide to Saving the World. I started this podcast because I was tired of being stereotyped as lazy, triggered, and entitled. I wanted to give voice to a different kind of millennial and invite us to write a new story. One of a generation willing to challenge the status quo, embrace nuance and paradox, and reject PC culture. This podcast isn't about finding answers. It's about asking the right questions. How can we reinvent ourselves and the narratives we've been expected to inherit? How can we take ownership over the ways we participate in our own suffering? How can we move beyond victimization and into empowerment? How can we fix ourselves to fix the world? It's time for new dreams, new stories, and new futures. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's been a little while, um, but we are in Thailand, I think maybe recovered from crazy ass jet lag. I am also about to go get my wisdom teeth pulled, which is the first time I will ever have had that done. Um, So I'm a little terrified and probably won't be able to talk for a little while. So I wanted to make sure to bring you an episode while I could speak. Um, I'm really excited to bring you this episode with Orletha. Uh, This is a topic, as I mentioned in our conversation, that I really enjoy having and hope to continue having as sort of more people come to these realizations and have these discoveries about themselves around their relationship to their bodies and their relationship to food and the sort of complexities of navigating the quote-unquote wellness industry. Um, If you haven't listened to the other podcasts that I've put out around this topic, I recommend it. I feel like this conversation is sort of built on the conversations I've had before. Um, One of those was about my own personal health journey called You Can't Rush Your Healing. I think it might be episode 36 or so. Um, And I've done a couple of other episodes with Dana Munsey's, with Steph Gaudreau and Steph Dodier about this topic. And I'm excited to bring Orletha on and share a continuation of this very um, sort of fascinating, but also kind of devastating situation. Um, I spent like 10 or so years, uh, very, very fully immersed in the wellness industry and the natural products world. I ate a very strict paleo ancestral diet that got much more strict over time. I had a health food blog. I worked for natural products companies, both in-house and then as a consultant, And it was a really challenging time for me. It's disappointing because I feel like I had really good intentions of taking care of myself and treating my body well. And what I realized after all that time is uh, the opposite kind of occurred. And I think this is an experience that a lot of us have. You know, we want to do well by our bodies. We want to eat well. We want to work out. uh, But we get stuck in a loop of perfectionism or realizing that our health issues aren't being solved. And so we try harder and it creates this very kind of antagonistic relationship with our bodies that may have not even existed before, before we tried to get healthy, uh, which is certainly what happened to me. And it took me a really long time to crawl out of it. Uh, I won't talk about all the details because I have before in previous episodes and a bit in this conversation, 
but it's still something I think about all the time and still something that I have to kind of grapple with. And, you know, like those voices in our head that don't really totally ever go away. You just, I don't know, I guess achieve a better relationship and dialogue with them. Um, I just had this experience actually a couple of days ago. We're in Thailand and we were walking down the street and we were super jet lagged. We'd only been here maybe a couple of days and we'd had some food and I was just feeling so shitty and had to stay up because if I didn't stay up um, and I went to sleep super early, then I'd be up in the middle of the night. You guys know how all that goes. So we were walking down the street and it was probably about like 6 or 7 p.m. And I was like, okay, I need to stay awake for a little bit longer. And we passed by a little street vendor that was selling fresh fruit smoothies. And uh, I knew that having some sugar and having like something refreshing uh, would make me feel better. And so I got a very delicious, very revitalizing watermelon smoothie. But as I was getting it, 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 you know, occurred to me and I kind of felt the sort of like re-traumatization of the nearly 10 years that I spent limiting the amount of sugar and carbohydrates that I put in my body. This was kind of my diet of choice, whole foods, low carb, paleo to the max. And, you know, in a former version of my life, I, although wanting that smoothie so badly and knowing how good it would taste and how good it would feel, you know, even if it didn't give my body any kind of uh, a rush or, you know, direct healing, like I just wanted it. And there was something about the joy and pleasure of having something you want. But for so long, I didn't let myself have the watermelon smoothie or the cookie or the piece of freshly baked bread or anything else <laughs> that I really wanted, which isn't to say I didn't want the food that I was eating. Like, don't get me wrong. I love whole foods. I love meat. I love vegetables. All of these things are great, but I absolutely missed things that I wasn't eating all in the name of health and wellness. And it sucked. Uh, and I'm, I sort of still feel like I'm processing and grieving all of the ways that I limited my capacity to engage with pleasure and joy uh, and all of the ways that I thought that stressing myself out further, of course, I didn't really recognize that's what I was doing, but I figured if, you know, you wake up earlier, you limit more foods, like this is self-care, <laughs> but I was just punishing myself over and over and over again by not allowing myself to be happy and you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but there was a moment, I think, when I sort of started to awaken from this nightmare of limitation and strict dieting and um, foods when, you know, I, I limited dairy at some point in this process because my health problems weren't improving and I figured, well, dairy's paleo as long as it's, you know, clean and whole, um, but I maybe have some sort of intolerance or a sensitivity because my health problems are still here. And so I'm going to need to limit this. And of course, for the entire time I was limiting sugar and wasn't having any sort of processed sugar, even natural sugars I wasn't having, which is why I wouldn't have had the watermelon smoothie. Um, but I started to think like the stress and the dissatisfaction 
And like the anger that comes from you not being able to go eat a small fucking cup of ice cream. Like, is it possible that the stress and anxiety and the sadness that comes out of that is actually harming my body more than the small cup of ice cream? And I feel like I asked myself that question over the course of many years. And finally, one day, I thought, of course the stress and the anxiety and the unhappiness that I'm forcing myself to live within is far worse for me and for my body than the little cup of ice cream. But the voices in my head and the voices of the culture and the voices of the, ironically, the wellness industry told me otherwise. Um, so let's not do that to ourselves anymore. And, you know, I just posted something on Instagram. I shared some quote that said, like, the more we're attached to ideology, the less aware we are of our own intuition. And I think this is one of the many, many ways that society and culture tears us away from our intuition. And we think we're treating our bodies well, but really we're moving further and further away from our bodies and having a relationship with our bodies. And we get angry with our bodies because they're not getting better, or they're not losing weight, and they're not healing. And in fact, our bodies are our biggest ally, <laughs> and they're trying to tell us that something isn't wrong. And my life has changed exponentially um, since I reacquainted myself with that. The fact that I'm not at war with my body, that my body's been protecting me this whole time and trying to show me that something was wrong. And it wasn't about the gluten and it wasn't about the dairy. It's about my entire life. And I needed, even though it was difficult, to really step back and assess that and not think that I could just take a couple of supplements or limit the amount of sugars in my diet and that all of a sudden everything would be okay. And it took way, way, way too long for me to realize that. Um, so I'm grateful to Orlitha and to all of the other people that I've had on this podcast to have this conversation because I think we need to talk more about it. Um, Aaron and I just released an episode of Horapore called Perceived Sexual Dysfunction that actually speaks about this as well, kind of how the wellness industry tells us that we need to like take supplements for libido and that all these things are wrong with us because they're trying to sell us products. Uh, so as, if this is a topic of interest to you, I recommend checking out that episode as well, uh, which is sort of coming to it from uh, not necessarily a health and wellness perspective, but a sexuality perspective because it's all intertwined. Um, all right. I think that's all I'm going to say about all of that for now. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, please join us on Patreon. We have a thriving community that continues to grow and continues to um, welcome so many more new and interesting and unconventional people. And it's such a pleasure to be a part of that community myself, but also watch all of you interact and share knowledge and meet up with each other in person. I think a few people are going to Carsey Blanton shows together. Um, we have a Discord server, which is basically like a big online message board with over a hundred people in it, uh, not just listeners of A Millennial's Guide, but also of Horror Now. We've sort of combined forces. So if you're feeling lonely and 
Like you can't find anyone that's like you or you can't find anyone to date that's like you or just be friends with or, you know, talk to or share your feelings or ask questions. Um, I definitely encourage you to join our community. Um, it's remote and online, but it sort of trickles into real life. And I've met so many of you in person and that's been so great. And I hope to meet more of you. Um, I'm going to play you a little message from Andrea, who's been a Patreon supporter for a while. Uh, I've been playing some messages that people who are in the community have left uh, for me to play for you because ultimately the community is more about them than it is about me. Um, and I hope you find them interesting just like I do. And I hope it encourages you to join. Uh, we would love to have more of you. Uh, lots of perks. So um, on uh, the link is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Anya Kotz. And for a few bucks a month uh, in exchange, you get to meet lots of cool people and enjoy lots of different perks that I offer. I am going to play you in to today's episode with a song called Rise by Dominique Fils Amé. Um, yeah, it just when I heard this made sense to play for this episode. Um, sort of being done with living in misery and being done um, limiting our capacity for joy and embodiment and um, allowing imperfection. And I think we all need a lot more of that. So enjoy this little message from Andrea. Enjoy the song. Enjoy my conversation with Orletha, and I will catch you all on the other side. Hello, uh, my name is Andrea, and I just cannot say enough good things about the Patreon community. Um, it has been probably the best uh, move for self-care that I could possibly have done during this pandemic. Um, there's so many opportunities to connect with like-minded people, people who are interested in a huge array of topics and looking at them from a nuanced point of view and, and love just having interesting discussions. Um, but more than that, the Patreon community really has become a community for me. It's a place where I've made uh, people I consider friends, uh, where we support each other and lift each other up and share our creations together and our thoughts and our concepts and explore new things. And it's everything that you would expect the Patreon community of Anya Kotz to look like. Um, and that's not even getting into the workshops and the book clubs, etc. So if you are thinking about joining and have been hesitating, uh, please come join us. We would love to have you. We are so welcoming and uh, I hope to see you there. Sugar, when I rise, I rise 
excited to have this conversation. I'm always excited to have conversations like this. Uh, for those of you listening who have been listening for a while, um, I've talked about my journey through the wellness, as Orlitha were talking about it before, <laughs> just like make sure you understand we're putting air quotes around wellness. <laughs> the wellness industry, this whole like paleo world, the paleo food blogging world, um, just our really complex journeys uh, through all of that and um, the issues and the complications and the complexities of everything that goes into, um, yeah, having a health food blog, trying to eat in really strict fashions. And I I was actually made aware of your talk by like several different people uh, who, <laughs> who weren't like in cahoots or anything, who, who saw your talk either live at Ancestral Health, the Ancestral Health Symposium, or online afterward who were like, have you heard of her? Like her story sounds so similar to yours. I think you guys would have an amazing conversation. So, um, I also watched your talk. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to have this conversation. So, um, I guess first off, if you want to sort of like take it way back, um, talk about how your journey in this space began, 
um, what sort of set you on the road of um, knowing about and then partaking <laughs> in a paleo diet and, and just, oh boy. yeah. <laughs> okay. Ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I, I had to pull my chair closer. Um, so I was under the guise of health equals like weight is your health. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, you're overweight, you're obviously unhealthy. And I was told, Hey, you're overweight. You need to get healthy. You need to lose weight. And that's pretty much it. So, um, I had gastric bypass and I lost mm-hmm. weight, but I didn't lose a lot. I mean, I lost some weight. I lost like probably 60 or 70 pounds. And I was like, oh, I want to be smaller. And so I had a friend who was like, Oh, you should try the paleo diet. And I was like, yes, that type of restriction sounds great. And so I started a paleo diet and then I started this old school blog, like just, just wanted to track my, you know, see what I was doing. And so yeah. started doing that. And then I started, um, <laughs> following all the paleo bloggers, buying all the paleo books, going to the very first paleo effects, going to all the paleo, 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 everything paleo. Yeah. And then like, I obsessed, like I obsessed about it and I, eventually got down to like a size zero. Me and my like nine-year-old son were the same size. And, uh, I thought this is the only thing that's totally right for me. It's perfect. So I got even deeper into the paleo movement. I just wanted to be everything paleo. And, uh, I made all my friends were paleo. My kids were paleo. My husband was paleo. Everybody needed to be paleo, like everybody. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. And, uh, fell off into the orthorexia of paleo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not fun. Yeah. And it's, it's such an interesting thing too, right? Because what sold me on paleo, like I came at, I, I came at it through health issues. I'd had like digestive issues my whole life. Um, although at, at this point when I got started in it, this was probably like 13 or so, no, probably more than that, 14, 15 years ago. It was like before. Yeah, you were in it when, yeah, before it was cool. Before it was cool. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, same um, thing. Like I, yeah. <laughs> and the health issues were mine too. Like I thought I could heal my eczema. Right. I thought I could hear my, I had, I have still sort of deal with urticaria, just chronic hives. Mm-hmm. And I was covered in eczema, yeah. like head to toe covered. And excellent. I was like, yeah, this is going to heal all the things. Food is medicine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and so I, I did that too, that whole food is medicine mantra. And, you know, the whole, the whole thing, like all of the um, elitist ideas that go along with it. Well, you could be eating that way. I mean, just stop eating junk. I mean, yeah. Duh, you can eat clean. You can go to the 99 cent store. You just don't want to. You're not dedicated enough. Right. It's like not taking into consideration that there are people who don't have the resources, don't have the education, are living in food deserts, don't have, you know, what I have. I'm very privileged. And so to take that privileged elitist mentality and just throw it on people was what I was doing, but that's what sort of the paleo. No, that is what a lot of the paleo world is. It's, you know, you, Oh, why aren't you eating grass fed? I mean, why not? You can, I don't see why you're not, you know? So it's like, it's the same thing. And so I, I did that. Yeah. And, and it was all under the name of health again in air quotes, wellness. (laughs) Like, yeah, now. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and that's the thing too, is that it's, it's 
what sold me and what it sort of sold as is like the diet that's not a diet. You know, if you only, mm. if you just eat these foods, you, you focus on whole foods, it's, you know, you don't have to count calories and this is just like, you know, the regular ancestral way that we always were mm-hmm. meant to eat. And, mm-hmm. and I think I, I mean, truly what's so ironic is that, you know, I know a lot of like young women suffer with a lot different eating disorders and all sorts of things around food. And the irony is that I didn't until I started eating this way. Same, same. <laughs> and that's what, you know, now I'm paying for therapy. Yeah. You know, having having actually been diagnosed with an eating disorder, yeah. which I didn't have before I started being in the wellness community. Right. And, and it's like, okay, I was so obsessed with being healthy and well. And in this, and the community piece is what I think a lot of people discount, like don't take into consideration that this community is really strong and you have like really well-meaning people and it's really great. You meet some really great people. And then when you decide you're not going to be a part of that community anymore, the fear sets in of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to the community that I worked so hard to build and I'm going to be out here by myself and there's nobody like me. Right. And they're, sorry, my puppies. There really is, you know, there are lots of people like us. There are a lot of people who had the same experience who, realize that it really is a diet yeah. that it really is, um, obsessive and it, it really is harmful yeah. and, and not as helpful as it's sold to be. It's like you said, you came in, we both came in under the guise of, Oh yeah, this is totally, I mean, it's totally healthy. Just eat these things. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I think too, and not to like badmouth anyone within this world, but I also feel like my experience was that, like you said, so many people were like us. They came to this with health issues or with weight issues or just with like a genuine curiosity for their bodies and what went into their bodies and how their body worked. And like, I think holistic medicine is great and like not knocking on any of those things. But I also realized through meeting all of these people in the sort of upper echelons of the community with blogs, you know, selling this diet to other people were pretty much across the board, like the sickest people I knew. Like, and I I feel like at one point I thought to myself, like, if this diet is supposed to fix us and we're supposed to be the experts, how is it that we're all still suffering from these yeah. skin issues and hormonal issues mm. and autoimmune conditions and yeah mm, right <laughs> and then oh let's throw some intermittent fasting in there too yeah. you know not taking into consideration that we're all individual we all have different needs yeah you know what works for Jenny across the block is not going to work for me and even though I remember I was following this food blogger and I looked up to him so much I was like oh my gosh he's so like super smart he's got this book he got to work with this doctor, he's like super smart. And he was like on his blog, he's like, if it's not working for you, if you're not healing, you're doing something wrong. I mean, this works for everybody. You're not an individual snowflake. And I remember thinking, okay, I just need to go harder. I just need to be more paleo. I need to look at every single ingredient. I need to scrutinize everything so much. I'm not going to go to those family events. I'm not going to do these things. I'm not, I'm just going to stay in this little paleo bubble because if not, I'm going to stay sick. Yeah. Well, no, that's not how it works, dear. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't care how paleo you are. Sometimes you're going to need medicine. Yeah. 
So what was sort of like, because I did the same thing for a long time. I mean, like my health issues legitimately got worse and worse and worse over the like pretty much 10 year period that I was doing this. And for a long time, that's what I thought too. Like, okay, so I, I'm eating like a hundred percent paleo, but my health problems aren't going away. So now I should probably cut out dairy and like, now I should really not eat this and I should really eliminate that and I should fast more or, um, what was the moment for you of, instead of thinking I need to go harder into this because it's not working. Like what was the kind of light bulb moment of being like, hold on a second. Is, um, is this wrong? <laughs> God. I mean, I went, I went, I went autoimmune paleo cause you know, I have autoimmune issues. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, paleo isn't enough. I need to go autoimmune paleo. Yeah. I need to go full autoimmune. No reintroduction phase, just full on autoimmune. Yeah. And we were in Jamaica and, um, <laughs> took pictures and I remember sitting there photoshopping my skin because I was like, my skin's like, and I look, I remember my hands were like black mm. covered. The skin was dead. It was just black. And I was like, I'm just going to Photoshop this. It's like, what the fuck was like, my, my first thought mm. was like, you're so healthy, but you can't show that you're not healthy. Right. That's not working for you. That it's not okay yeah. that you are at this size where your period has stopped. Your skin is dead. Your hair is falling out. You can't sleep. Your relationships are shit because you don't want to be around anybody if it's not paleo. Mm -hmm. Like, how healthy is this? And I remember, like, I had this thing, and then I was like, no, that can't be it. So, like, I kept being paleo, Mm -hmm. and it just kept coming back up. Like, kept getting close. Like, so, and then I started seeing, like, other people who were like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And I was like, what? What? You eat rice? Like, it was just, like, all these things started to fall into place. And then it was like the complete picture. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so I started to reintroduce things to my life. Like I started to eat way more rice. Like I was like, why did I give up? I love rice. Like I love rice. So I started bringing back rice. I brought back my grandma's recipes. I started eating things that nourished me as a kid, things that made me happy. I don't give a, I, I was like, I don't care if it's not paleo. It just needs to make me happy right now. I need to feel, have, mend my relationship with food. And then, you know, therapy has helped a lot to mend that relationship because paleo broke it. Honestly, it broke my relationship with food. I, I no longer found the joy, um, that is in food, the relationship that is in, in sharing a meal with someone that you love because, oh no, it's not clean. It's like, it ruined it. And so it took a lot for me to come to grips with, I was wrong. You know, sometimes it's like, no, no, I have this blog. I have this relationship with all these people. They all know me. I'm the paleo person. Right. And, oh, I'm wrong. I was wrong. It was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, for It was wrong for me. It's not right for for everyone. Maybe it's wrong. It's right for somebody. It was wrong for me. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of it. Took all of the 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 link pins. Like they all had to get in place, and then it was like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we are. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love for you to talk about how your sort of reintroduction of foods too that you kind of did take 
this sort of personal ancestral approach. Um, and we can kind of talk about like, this is the other sort of confusing aspect of paleo is that it's sort of lumped in with this term ancestral, which I, to some extent recognize that we're trying to go like way back to hunt our hunter gatherer ancestors and what they ate, which of course is a great intention. Um, <laughs> but in practice, extremely difficult because it's very difficult to find any sorts of foods that even if they're called the same thing, have the same properties as the foods that existed back then, not to mention our lifestyles are so different. Um, so how, how did you sort of start thinking about that too? Like, okay, I get that this paleo thing is supposed to be about what humans, uh, used to eat and that's supposed to be good for me, but maybe there's something to like my specific, ancestry and my genetics and how can I eat better for my body in that sense? Well, okay. Just to be like, to be really blatantly honest, I looked at everyone in this community and they don't look like me. Yeah. Like they just don't. There's the, the top people are white males um, with a few white females sprinkled in there. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if that's your ancestry, then it's not, we don't obviously don't have the same ancestry. So maybe my ancestral health is different than yours. And so what did my ancestors eat? Well, I'll never know because they were not, they didn't come here willingly. Yeah. So it's like I, I needed to do a lot of research to figure out, okay, what did my ancestors eat? I had to read a lot of books, watched a lot of movies um, and say, well, if they survived slavery, eating what they were eating, then it can't be that terrible. And so I wanted to go back to what my grandmother cooked and her mother cooked and her mother, because that's what they ate and that's how they ate. And maybe it's not, you know, the exact same thing because I can't get it, but it's going to be, we're going to use it as a framework. And so that's what I, I used to sort of make sure that my framework, um, my, my, eating framework, um, was sort of mirroring my ancestors and not necessarily the ancestors of the people who are like, this is what you should eat. And then, you know, also I think a lot of people, me, I'll say me, I think that I was so used to listening to everyone else outside of me instead of listening to myself, you know, how was my skin doing? How is my, did that, was I even taking a personal assessment? No, the only assessment I was taking was, are you eating everything that's paleo? Yeah. Yes, that's it. Just check that box. Yes, everything else is, will fall into place eventually. Yeah. Well, you know what? 11, 12 years later, it still hadn't fallen into place. I was still sick, sicker, you know, having just terrible. It was just, just wasn't, I wasn't healthy yeah. at all. And it's like when I started reincorporating the foods of my ancestors, the rice, the beans, the peanuts, um, very heavy tomato, um, base. And I was like, Ooh, I can have my tomatoes back. You know, AIP is no nightshades. So I realized that my body needed to be at a certain weight that my, as soon as it got, as soon as I started listening to my body, it changed. It got to a certain weight. My skin cleared up. My hair is now thick and full. My relationships are thousand million times better and I'm sleeping better. And I'm moving more for the joy of movement, right. not for some aesthetic, you know? Yeah. Oh, let's, and I remember there was a blogger who, 
oh yeah, we just want to look good naked. Make sure you look good naked. Look good naked. Like, who the fuck walks around naked? <laughs> it's like, nobody's like, I want to feel good. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I just want to feel good. Right. Can we start there? And it's like, I wasn't feeling good. So I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it is wild yeah. too. I mean, and or not, because I, I guess, you know, and one thing that I'd love to delve into a lot is the issue of mindset and about, you know, psychology mm-hmm. and stress and all of that, because I think we both shared that that ultimately was like a major player in our health overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like what what's really happening here, I guess. And I and I don't think this is just paleo. I think it's with anyone that adapt, like takes on a really strict eating plan or workout plan. Um, like the types of people, or I think a lot of the time, the types of personalities that are doing that are people who like need to be in control of something or Mm -hmm. have an issue with control or Mm -hmm. are really stressed out and unhappy in their lives. And that's why they have the health issue to begin with, which is why. Mm -hmm. And it, so it's, it's not that, you know, eating whole foods is bad. It's that, you know, if we're already coming from a neurotic place and then do anything, we're going to just transfer our <laughs> neurosis to whatever the thing is, right? Like, I don't know, there's some like big people in this world too, who, you know, were at like, who have addictive personalities who just sort of transfer mm-hmm. the addiction from substances mm-hmm. to working out or from substances to whole foods or, um, so yeah, I, I'd love to hear how you also explored the the psychological piece of this. And like you said, you know, do I feel good? And why is it that we've eliminated that from the equation as far as health is concerned? <laughs> so it was like baffling. Yeah. And I am that personality, right? Yeah. Like I am the person who will, I, I am the type A. I am the addictive. Okay. Well, if I can't control this thing, I'm going to over control this other thing. Right? right. And so if my life is out and, and I'll tell you, this is, this is a really good example of how this transferred in my life. I was at the time I went paleo, <laughs> was working full time. I was married, had two small children, a two year old and one year old. I was working full time on my master's degree as well. And my teacher credential. So I was doing all of these things and I was like, I'm doing them perfectly. And I need to do this other thing perfectly. And everything has to be perfect. And it has to be right spot on. And I'm out of, con- why can't I control my weight? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to? Do- and it's like, because your body doesn't want to be that weight. It's called biodiversity. We're all different. And it's like, no, no, no. I want to be that. Yeah. I want to be this, this social ideal construct of, and it's like, you're never, that's not you. Like, it's like we're all different for a reason. And so I just obsessed about it. I just really obsessed about it. And it's like, no one thought that that was unhealthy. Everyone praised the obsession and they do in the wellness industry is they praise obsession. Let's obsess about working out. Let's talk about how we're at, we're a gym rat, no pain, no gain. That's if you're, you know, you, all these terrible mantras that are horrible for our mental health, you know, it's like, so we just are going to ignore the mental health piece. We're just right. going to skip it. Just never mind. <laughs> no, we gotta, it's very important. And it does create so much stress. Like, and the stress is just ignored. And I know that stress was like, is, and it still is. It's my trigger. 
whenever I'm stressed, that's when I'm going to have a flare or a breakout or a breakdown because it's stress. It's I'm doing too much. I never was told to take a break. It was never okay. You know, it's always go, go, go more, more, more. And it's like, no, not doing that. And (laughs) that, you know, is never, was never considered. Right. Now it's like, oh yeah, self-care. Well, mm, <laughs> we yeah. could also have a whole conversation about that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I wrote something at some point, like if you don't actually care for yourself, I mean, the word self-love is like so overused, but if you don't actually have a good relationship with yourself and with your body, then self-care is a form of punishment. Because yeah, <laughs> right? and it's the same as the diet thing. It's like, I, and I remember too, throughout all of this, like throughout all of those years of struggling with this, just being so angry that like, but why is it that this person gets to eat the hamburger, the cheeseburger with all the fries and they're not like, they don't have all these physical symptoms and I'm like being so careful and so particular about food. And here I am with all of these health issues. Um, and mine were, I mean, it's very simple, like so similar to yours. I, for me, it manifested mostly in acne, um, Mm -hmm. that got so severe that I like, couldn't leave the house. Like it was like a similar Photoshop situation. (laughs) Um, and not to mention, I was like, had my food health blog, you know, talking about all of my like skin remedies and all. I mean, it was like really horrific to kind of have to recognize like I'm full of shit. Like I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's what I had to do too. It was (laughs) like, here's your come to Jesus meeting girly. It's like, no, this is not working. And it doesn't, to say, you know, it was such, for me, I was on this such a high horse of this is working, you know, everyone is like, this works, this works. Yes, this works. If you do it, you're not doing it right. And it was the, that triggered me to have to do it more. Like, let me, let me just double down on, maybe I'm missing something. Let me, you know, scrutinize even more. And and it's like, no, it's just not for you. Yeah. It's not working. Yeah. It's not, it just doesn't work for you. That's not for you. You're different. Yeah. You are an individual snowflake. Right. You know, it's like, (laughs) Oh, I am different. Oh, everybody's different. Oh, we all need different things. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the only exception to that is that if, you know, I always say like you can't out supplement a bad lifestyle, like, and that's the piece that this whole ancestral movement fails to recognize that our ancestors were not living in like a capitalist workaholic Like, you know, poisoned air, poisoned soil, poisoned cities. Um, And, you know, if let's say we, you know, we're going back all of these years and we're living on the land and the only food that's available to us is whole food and we're hunting or we're foraging or we're doing whatever we need to do within a small community, like it doesn't actually matter what the food is, in my opinion. The fact is that their lifestyle was so different and yes. they were fulfilled and they had yes. partnership and love yes. and community, yes. right? <laughs> yes, 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 and more yes. <laughs> and that was also huge for me too is, again, when I was leaving this this community, and I'm putting this in air quotes, yeah. 
uh, I was like, what's going to, I don't have my community anymore. And it's like, yeah, you need the love and the connection. And when you're so hell bent on eating this way, and if I can't eat this way, I can't eat with you. I can't connect with you. Then you just cut off so many, like you just cut yourself completely off, especially if you, you know, were raised (laughs) in the United States, you probably weren't raised eating that way. And so you're cutting off your family ties, your family traditions, your, the, I, I was just reading a post from a friend of mine and she was talking about cooking in the kitchen, like getting in for the holidays, making these treats with her kids. And lo and behold, here comes the food police. Oh, kids and sugar. They have so much sugar. You should limit the sugar that they have in their diets. Like what the, what are you talking about? She's talking about connecting with her kids. And let me tell you, I don't give a shit how much sugar is in those cookies. The connection that they shared is way more important than how much sugar is in there. Who bakes every day with their kids? Nobody. But that special connection in the kitchen with her kids, spending time. Oh my gosh, they're so proud they made these things. That is something that you cannot out, you can't out diet. Oh, just limit the sugar. We can't do this thing, this activity, because it has sugar. (sighs) Really? Like, (laughs) real, I would hate to be your kid. How about that? Your kid's going to end kid. up like I ended up. <laughs> your kid's going to end up in therapy like me. Yeah. I don't want to be yeah. your kid. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really wild. I think a, a really big turning point for me, and sort of similar to your turning point, I didn't stop the paleo right after this, but I, I always kind of looked back at it. Um, I read that book, uh, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers by Robert Sapolsky. It's quite Mm. good. And it's all about stress. And Mm -hmm. there's a section of it where he's talking about, I forget the specifics, but it was like young children who were raised in like horrific conditions with like no touch and no light and no love and just like the worst horrors you could imagine. And that the stress in and of itself caused them to stop growing. Like their bodies mm-hmm. couldn't even get it together to to have them grow. And I remember thinking to myself like, okay, if stress is so severe that these kids stopped growing, like of course it's not surprising that the stress in my life is giving me acne, right? Like obviously that's happening. Um, and, you know, not until, you know, finally this this got to such a crazy extreme level, um, that I really did have like a reckoning with myself. And I had Mm -hmm. a, I had like a, one of those like old people pill containers, Mm -hmm. but it was for supplements. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had so many supplements in the pill container that the top would no longer close. I swear. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well either I need to limit the supplements and I couldn't figure out which one not to take. Um, you know, or I need to like get a second supplement container to carry around with me. And I started to realize that every time I went to that supplement container that I felt physically sick, like that I, like I was going to throw up or something. Um, like it was like that sort of intuitive bodily thing Mm -hmm. of like, stop this. And I, my skin at that point was like, not great. Uh, but I remember thinking to myself, like, you know what? I have tried every goddamn thing for 10 plus years to try to fix myself and none of it fucking works and I would rather have 
kind of shitty skin and eat whatever I want than have kind of shitty skin <laughs> and like not be able to eat it. <laughs> I wish Hallelujah. you guys could see her, her body language right now. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah. like flailing arms, like yes, yeah. right? Because I, I feel you. Like yeah. I read, um, I'm a, I have a biology degree. So I'm super big on science. Like I love the science behind things. And I read a book called The Biology of Belief, Mm. um, which I strongly recommend to anyone who doesn't believe that your thoughts affect your body. Um, And (laughs) he broke it down like how the semi-permeable cells, the cell is semi-permeable. So it allows things in and things out, which we all know, right? And so, but what allows things in and out of the cells are key. It has to fit lock and key. If the lock and key fits, it sells like, yeah, come on in, right? Stress actually damages and mutates that lock and key. So something that might not have fit now fits and the cell's going to go, okay, come on in. Mm. And it's not good for your cell or something that needs to get in no longer fits. And so it's not getting in and now your cell is damaged and it's like, whoa. So the stress, the thoughts are actually having an effect on each and every one of your cells in your body. Yeah. Every single cell. And then you're like, why don't, why isn't this working? Well, cause you're stressed. <laughs> you know? Your thoughts, your thought life, everything that's going on in your mind, it's all affecting every single cell. Yep. And when I saw that and he opened that, opened my eyes to that, especially for me, you know, my, my biology side was like, Oh, <gasps> Oh my God, it's not, you know, the nucleus where we all think, oh, the nucleus is the cell center. So it's the the brain of the cell. And I remember there are studies that show that the cell can live without the nucleus, but it cannot live without the, the membrane. And so that membrane is so important. And if we keep damaging it with the amount of stress in our lives, and then we wonder why we're sick. Yeah. Even the way you think about your food, like if you think, Oh, um, I eat this. This is terrible. Your body's going to go, this is terrible. It's bad for me. <laughs> like, for me, I'm like, oh my God, I love that cake. I am going to enjoy this piece of cake with my kid or even by myself sitting in the sun with a big smile on my face and just enjoy it. Yeah. Not freaking out like I used to <laughs> just freak out. Is it made with coconut flour? Is the coconut flour organic? Does it have ghee? Where the eggs come from? Are they pastured? Are they, where the, like, is the sugar raw? Right. Is it like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Just going to enjoy my life. And like you said, you know, if I enjoy my life and I have semi shitty skin, at least I'm enjoying my life. I'm eating things that I want, but Oh wait, what happened? I started enjoying my life. I started eating the things and my skin cleared up. Right. <laughs> like, what? Yep. Same. Yeah. Same. My skin cleared up. Yeah. Yeah. And the hive stopped. Right. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to me. I mean, and I think it was like, it was both, right? I mean, part of the problem for me personally in my life too, and I think this is also really rampant is not just with health, but like how frequently are we in really poor, like toxic relationships or mm-hmm. we're working a job that we hate or mm-hmm. we're surrounded by you know, family members who we engage in these really codependent relationships with. And, and, you know, we think that 
we can, if we just eat well, you know, if we, whatever we put into our body, the whole food is medicine thing that, uh, that will be enough. And I don't need to address the more complex, complicated and sort of like complex matters of my psychology and my connections and my emotional state. Um, and the same thing happened to me. Like I fully suspected that my skin would just get worse or at least stay the same. Um, and not only did I stop, I literally stopped everything. It was, it was like, I had to go totally cold. <laughs> Full stop. It was cold turkey. It was like, Full stop. oh my God, like no supplements. I'm having a pizza and a beer, like, and ice cream. I don't fucking yes. care. Yeah. Um, but also simultaneously, I also made really huge changes in my life overall. And mm -hmm. it definitely took a while, but I, my health gradually improved and improved and improved and improved. Yeah. yeah. And that was, I don't know. I mean, amazing and kind of shocking, but also not, I guess, kind of, you know, it made sense retroactively, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, and still is like, I have this thing, this memory of buying real bread and real butter which sounds so absurd like but i as an adult yeah. you're like yes i, I like bought a real thing of bread loaf of bread yes, exactly. that's exactly how i felt and i was by myself and i was in my apartment and i remember putting the butter on the bread and taking a bite of the bread with butter and just started crying because it was so good and i was like i can't like i'm literally like like this is orgasmically good and I cannot believe that I've kept myself from pleasure. <laughs> from this joy. Yeah. From this joy. It's yeah. pure joy. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I'm laughing because I literally did the same thing. <laughs> I felt like there was going to be like these paleo police that were going to come get me because I'm in the store and I have this bread and this milk and this butter and I'm going to make it and, and cheese. And I'm going to make a grilled cheese. Like regular old grilled cheese. All I wanted was a grilled cheese that was super buttery and crispy. Yeah. And I remember making that grilled cheese and having this war with myself. Like, if you eat this, you're going to be sick. And it's like, no, if I eat this, I'm going to find pleasure in my life again. <laughs> and I'm going to enjoy it. And I remember eating it and just being like, Oh my God, I cannot believe that I deprived myself of this for over a decade. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> and I remember thinking, am I going to be sick? Am I going to be sick? Let me get my activated charcoal just in case. No. I was fine. Yeah. I was totally fine. And I quit my job because it was way stressful. Um, I know everybody doesn't have that luxury. Like, I get it totally get it. So I can't be like, Oh yeah, just quit your job. Cause really. Right. So <laughs> I had the luxury of my husband, you know, was working and I had started uh, a company that was <laughs> a meal planning company that had paleo meals. Um, and <laughs> it was, it was able to pay some of, you know, makeup so that we weren't just, you know, struggling, completely struggling. So I quit that job. I started eating, normal food that I wasn't allergic to. And I really only have one food allergy, which is tree nuts. Mm. So yeah, 
And that one causes actual allergy, you know, anaphylaxis, not, <laughs> oh, I have a sensitivity. You don't have a sensitivity. Um, I don't have a sensitivity. So it was like, okay, I eat. And if I feel good, then I can eat that thing. There's time, like I remember, and it was a pendulum swing for me. I don't know if it was this way for you where I was like, I'm putting all of the shit in my house. I want it all. I want crackers and cookies and chips and pizza and beer. I want it all in my house. Bread. I want it all. And I will eat it until I don't want to eat it anymore. And I ate it until I didn't want to eat it anymore. Now it's like, oh, you know, I might have some ice cream. I know, scooper cheese. I just don't, I'm not like obsessing about it anymore. It's like when they were, when it was off limits, that's when all, that's all I wanted. I want, that's all I want to think about. It's all I want. And now that it's like, yeah, bring it in my house. I don't really care. It's like, yeah, I'll have a sandwich every now and like we have a loaf of bread and I found it in the pantry. And I was like, how long has this damn bread been in here? Like, cause it's not like I'm, I don't just crave it anymore because it's not off limits for me. I allow myself to find pleasure in all foods, all foods fit. Everything gives you nutrients. I don't, I hate when people are like, oh, that's empty calories. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand how calories work? Because <laughs> you obviously don't. Energy is energy, right? So if your body is craving a salty chip, then you probably should have the salty chip. You probably should not substitute something other than what your body is asking you for unless you have a full allergy. Just listen to your body. Like when you had that bread and butter and you broke down the tears, your body was like, hallelujah. <laughs> She's finally listening. <laughs> so like, I, I really wish that this community would encourage people to listen to themselves. Right. Like, but then there's no money in that. There's it's like, what can I sell you if I tell you to go listen to yourself? Right. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the whole, you know, lie of it all really. And I think when you take a few steps back and look at it, like, Again, I don't think it's bad to say, hey, pay attention to what you're eating and eat things that make you feel good. And if you can eat whole foods, great. Um, but again, that's not that doesn't create a business. And um, even I think programs that may have started out and this happened to me, like I realized this happened to me because I I went to. I became a holistic health coach. It was sort of like in the middle of this whole process. That's um, where everybody goes. Yeah. And I, and part of it was because I just wanted a credential in order to start this food blog. And interestingly, like that course was actually so much focused on mindset and so much focused on, it, they called them primary foods, which were not foods you eat, but like your spiritual connection and your friends and family and your work and your play and pleasure. And, and I thought that was amazing. And that, and I started like climbing trees and I was like, this is great. This is, this is so aligned and, and seems so resonant. And then I started this blog and I remember like the first post that I put up was about this, was about mindset and being happy. And, but you can't make a living talking about mindset and happiness and climbing trees. And so like, I started this blog thinking I was going to do that and talk about that. And I ended up like just making muffins all the time because I could like Amazon affiliate link the coconut sugar. Um, and it was like, it was always a consideration. 
uh, and, and again, that's, I think goes back to like the fact that we're trying to replicate an ancestral diet within a capitalist society is a ludicrous proposition. Yeah, Um, I completely agree. There's like no way to do it. Yeah. You know, and it goes, it's back to, well, who tells us what to eat? Well, you gotta, gotta be accountable, huh? You gotta figure it out for yourself. You gotta sort of tinker and be the scientist. As I tell my kids, be the scientist, you know, and they're like, wait, you know, what does that mean? That means you get to ask all the questions of yourself. You get to do the research of yourself for yourself and see if it lines up with somebody else. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, but putting the entirety of your health in someone else's hands is ludicrous. That is, that is such, uh, you lose so much when you're just like, look, I'm going to put all my health in your hands. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah. And I'll just sit back. And if it doesn't work, then it's your fault. Yeah. No, you, you get to, right. you have the opportunity to partner in your own development and say, I'm going to do this thing. And if it works, like whole foods, Yes. Who's going to tell you don't eat whole foods? Nobody. But which ones work for you? For me, I don't, it does certain things don't work for me. Even, I don't care how healthy it is. I hate kale. You know, it's like, I, I just, I don't want it. I want, I want collard greens and I want turnip greens and I want mustard greens. Now, are those terrible? No, but kale. No, I don't want kale. I hate matcha. Yeah. Right. I don't want it. It's, is it good for you? Sure. It, some people, I hate it. Yeah. Kombucha, which was huge in our space. Oh my God, so huge. I'm allergic, right? I have, I have, <laughs> I have histamine intolerance, which I can't have it. Oh, but it's so good for you. But if you don't listen to yourself, you're going to be sitting there guzzling kombucha, breaking out in hives because you have histamine intolerance. Oh wait, no, that was just me. Um, so <laughs> like, I was brewing five gallons at a time because I was told by some, you know, guru, how healthy it was for me. It was healthy for me. And I wouldn't listen to myself at the time because, you know, I wanted to pawn off the the business of my health to someone else. Like outsource that. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, the pendulum is also what I did. Like, cause I knew how poor my connection to myself was and it had been so long since I had eaten what I wanted to eat. I was a teenager at this point. I'm 30. Like I, it it was just like, I had no clue what made me feel good or what didn't. And I also was just so traumatized by that whole experience that I just really felt like I, this isn't forever, but I really just need to eat what I want to eat when I want to until, you know, I have a better intuitive relationship with my body. Um, Mm -hmm. And that definitely happened. It took like three years though. Like it took a long time and Mm -hmm. I was really conscious of not, you know, stopping that process before it was ready to be stopped. And, um, and you know, it's, it's also not just like that certain things work for you or certain things don't like, there are days when I'm like, I feel like I would like a beer and that that would be fine. And there are other days mm-hmm. when I feel like, I just feel like maybe that would make me not feel good. Um, and that's mm-hmm. the sort of like nuanced relationship to your body that these sorts of diets just don't consider. Um, and yeah, it was like a long road back to 
to finally figuring it out. That's kind of definitely, it wasn't a short process. It wasn't like, oh, this week I'm going to put all this foods in my house and the next week I'm going to be fine. It was, and for me too, it was also, since people had come to know me by eating this way, like I had defined myself through paleo. Oh, I'm paleo. Oh, I'm paleo. I'm paleo. Like define myself through that, that I had to mentally get over the block of what are people going to think when they see me eat this? What are people going to think? What are people going to say? And it was like, well, people are going to think or say whatever people are going to think or say. Either way, they're either going to say, oh, she's still eating that way or, oh, she's not. Either way, they're going to have something to say. So why not be happy and find the pleasure in what I'm doing for myself um, on this journey than be so worried about it that I don't do what's best for me? That I, oh, I'm still going to eat this way so that people don't say anything. Or I'm still going to eat this way so that I maintain I maintain this weight. And what I mean by that is some people eat paleo and they lose a bunch of weight, <clears throat> but they didn't need you. I don't know if you've ever had a cold or you, you have ever been sick and you lost weight. And it's like, yeah, I was sick and I lost weight. Okay, you're sick and you're losing weight. Like, does that, does that, like, when I put those two things together and I was like, oh crap. And I started reading, there's a book called health at every size and the author, she's written or she had, um, <laughs> she had taken all of these studies trying to see, okay, what is the healthiest weight? And what she realized is that there is no healthy weight. The BMI is crap, which we can go into that one, but that's a whole other story. But when I read that, I was like, so my body didn't want to be that small. And I was forcing it to do that. Like, no, we're going to force you at all costs. And then when, like I said, my skin started being terrible or <laughs> my hair was falling out, couldn't sleep. All these things were happening. I wasn't paying attention to them because I'm skinny. Like, so I gotta be healthy. It's like, no, no, you're not darling. You have a bunch of shit going on that you need to fix all these. And you were talking about relationships and it's like, I had a lot of relationships that I needed to fix. A lot, some of them needed to be gone. Some of, I needed new boundaries. I needed to understand boundaries and how to set them in my life and what that meant, what that looked like and what happens when they're violated. Like there was so much that the food seemed in, insignificant. Like it, and it, then I realized it was <laughs> this thing that I, my whole life was built around was like a drop in the bucket of what I needed to do to be healthy, what I needed to do to be on this wellness path. And I was like, oh, I felt, I felt betrayed. I felt I was angry. I was really pissed. Honestly, <laughs> I was so mad and not just mad at the industry, but more mad at myself for just not listening to myself. And my body was telling me, and I was like, nah, we're not listening. You don't know that person over there knows they wrote a book. It was a, it, and it still is a road still on the road. Yeah. Yeah. I was super angry too. And I sort of consistently realized like that it wasn't just the pleasure of eating the food that I missed, but like I never learned how to cook normally. Like that was the other crazy thing. Like, Oh my God, I've never, <laughs> like I've made a hundred million fucking almond flour cookies and coconut flour, whatever and like the ghee and like I knew everything about every kind of quote-unquote paleo ingredient in the world and like 
at the beginning, that was sort of fun to tinker with things and replace things. And, but eventually it was like, I hated cooking because it was Mm. the source of complete stress and anxiety. And I wasn't really even enjoying what I was making. And it was such a, like, I spent uh, last winter in Colorado living in this house and uh, was there for like eight months, I think. And I just like went back to the drawing board and just made all of the like tradition, like I just made brownies and regular cookies and like baked bread. And it was like, wow, it it wasn't just the foods I was missing eating, but this like the pleasure of cooking. And like you said, the pleasure of cooking for people or cooking with people Mm -hmm. or cooking for your kids and like that, you know, (laughs) this is a weird comparison, but I sort of talk about this with the fact that women aren't allowed to be topless outside. And I remember I, one of the first times that I sun, like sunbathed topless, I thought to myself, it's not just that we're limiting women's ability to be topless in, in public. We're limiting their ability to feel what it feels like to have like the sun on their chest. On your, right. It feels so freaking yeah, good. Exactly. And it like is, empowering is, and like sensual and all these like. You're like, yes, yeah. all these things we've been told are terrible. Right. They exactly. are amazing. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't know, it's a weird comparison, but I think it was sort of the same for food. It was like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've not just taken away the experience of eating this food, but the actual pleasure of like baking bread and kneading the dough. And um, yeah, it's just, it's continually a process of sort of like unearthing all the stuff I missed. Yeah. Yeah. And food is a connector. Like, you, you know, I tell, I, I just thought of the story of <laughs> our daughter loves to bake. Like she loves to cook. She loves to bake. She's in the, she was in these cooking classes at a chef school and like, she's, really good at it and they were like hey do you want to be an intern she's like no you know I don't want to but I'm only like she was only 11 or something Mm -hmm. anyway so she had made they were cooking like normal food it wasn't any you know allergy things no no non-gluten things everything was normal (laughs) um but she had made this friendship bread and so this friendship bread is where you you make the starter and you take half of it and you make a loaf of bread and you give the other half to your friend with the bread that you made so they can you know, you build a friendship. And so she was like, I really love this bread, mommy. You should taste it. And this is in the, still in my yeah. issues. <clears throat> I was like, no, I can't. It's not, you know, it's not gluten-free. It's not paleo. I won't taste it. And I would not taste her creation. I would not enjoy her friendship bread. I would not validate that she made this beautiful thing because this eating disorder had told me, no, you can't do that. Yeah. And it's like all of those connections that I missed that. That's what I was more, I think I was so angry about is all of these opportunities to connect with people and break bread and enjoy each other over a meal and enjoy the company and the fun. Uh, No, I I don't want to do that. Uh, This is more important. It's like, no, you just missed out on this beautiful thing from your child because it's not paleo, because it's not gluten-free, because it's not made the way that it needs. It's like, no. And that, I think that too is when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, all the things that I missed from doing that. And so last year was the first year that I literally didn't care what was in my kitchen. Like I was like, I'm not doing, I'm buying all-purpose flour. I'm like... <laughs> Because before I was still like, okay, it's going to be double zero flour. At least it's 
no, we're going to do AP flour and we're going to make these things. And my daughter was like, I really want to make crepes. So we bought a, I bought a crepe, she crepe maker and we made crepes at Christmas and we watched Christmas movies and bake cookies. And that was the most beautiful like thing Christmas time, like the holiday season where I could connect and I didn't even, we didn't even care about the food, but it was more like we're doing this thing together and this thing she wanted to do and we connected. But had I been <laughs> trying to find a way to make a with coconut flour or tapioca starch or, you know, cassava, and it's like, no, no, we're going to do it the way that you want to do it, the way that you were taught and we're going to do it this way and we're going to love it. Yeah. And it was so great. And I think how I would have missed that if I would have allowed or still been where I was, <laughs> how healthy is that? Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And not for like the kids either too. Like where, right. of course, where are we all learning these things? You know, we're learning them mm-hmm. from culture, from our friends, our parents and our family. And, um, yeah. And I had, I did apologize. I apologized. I had a, a sit down meeting or sit down talk with my daughter who's now 14. And I apologized for, um, May, allowing my eating disorder to dictate what she should eat and do. And it ruined a lot of the experiences and opportunities to connect that we had. Mm-hmm. And I apologize to her for doing that and for making her think that, and, and for ruining, damaging her relationship with food, because that's what we were doing, yeah. you know, not allowing them to connect with food, not allowing them to find pleasure in food because she, <laughs> we were paleo so early in her life. I have pictures of her when she was like one or two holding a, a paleo banana cookie. Right. Put that in quotes. A banana cookie with uh, enjoy life chocolate chips and made with you know, maple and coconut sugar and coconut flour. Like that. It's like, dude, <sighs> I, I had to apologize to her and help her, you know, understand that as women, society says we have to do certain things. And no, fuck it. You don't have to. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to eat this thing to look a certain way. You don't have to do that. No. You're you're beautiful and perfect and listen to your body. And, you know, I just didn't teach her that. And so that's kind of where I was like, okay, we got to nip this one early. Like, I'm not going to have a teenager who thinks, oh, I have to do these things. Yeah. I have to fit in this mold. Like, no, we're going to stop that. <laughs> you're not going to be the teenager that I was. We're not doing that. Not at all. Uh, yeah. I, I'd also, I'd love to hear like, what was, how did you end up speaking about this at AHS? So <laughs> I, in the, in the height of the pandemonium, when all of the social unrest was going on, um, in 2020 and the world was falling apart. I had this epiphany and I was like, I'm sick and tired of, like I said, I looked around the, the, the ancestral community. I looked around the wellness community. I saw nobody that looked like me. And so I was like, I know everybody. So I wrote Aaron an email like, Hey Aaron, um, I think you need more diversity in your, in the, in the, in AHS. And I think that I would love to talk about, how diversity has changed my life, how I've included these foods back based on my heritage. And I think that there's no one talking about their heritage foods. All we talk about is this, this, and this, which is basically what I've said, you know, 
not making sure you look good naked, eating this way, the way our ancestors ate. And that's all we talk about. And I was like, there's so much more about health and wellness and ancestral health. If we're going to be really real, very little dealt with what we were eating, but more how we were sharing those meals with people in our community, how we cared about our community, how we connected with people in our community, how we loved on people in our community, how we cared about their mental health, their mental well-being. It had so little to do with food. So I basically sent him an email and I threw up on it and I was like, it is what it is. He, what's he going to say? No. And so he was like, no, I think that's a great idea. Let's talk. And so we jumped on a call and I basically told him everything I just said. It's like, I want to talk about heritage and ancestral health from a heritage perspective and how our ancestors connected over more than food and how we need to make it about us and not necessarily about what some guru has told you you need to eat for optimal health, hacking your health. Like yeah. you, you, you like that's <laughs> and so he was like no I think that's great um I look forward to hearing your talk and so I was like oh okay that was easy um <laughs> so I put together uh an outline really and sent it over to him and he's like yes this needs to be talked about and honestly I was gonna back out I was gonna not do it um because I was like this nobody's talking about this number one i am a black woman in this room full of not black people and they're gonna look at me like what are you talking about um we don't want to hear this and so all of these thoughts (laughs) started coming into my head like no don't do it don't do it and i was literally gonna back out and i wrote daryl you probably know daryl edwards so he's a fitness explorer so i'm i'm on ig or on uh i think i did it on whatsapp I'm not done in WhatsApp. And I'm like, hey, Daryl, I'm going to back out. He's like, no. And he's like, call me right now. So I called him. (laughs) He gave me this pep talk. He's like, you cannot back out. You better not back out. You need to sit. This needs to be heard. People need to understand that wellness and ancestral health is more than just what these people are saying. You know, you need need to be in that room. And then I was still like, (laughs) and then Angie Alt, um, from uh, autoimmune paleo. I don't know if you're, well, she's not autoimmune paleo more. It's autoimmune wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, no, you need to, you, re- I, you need to talk. You need to do this. And so I was like, oh, deep breath. Okay. I'm going to do it. And so that, they, those two people are literally the reason why I didn't back out. Cause I was going to be like, mm, no, that's okay. Nobody really cares. But, um, obviously it needed to be talked about and people need to hear it because there were a lot of people who were like, yeah, you need to, we need to talk more about this. It needs to have, um, it needs to have more of a platform. You talk about it on a wider scale. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) there are people who share our story. There were people in that room who were like, yes, this, this is what I went through, you know, and I just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I know because it makes you feel like you're an outsider in this community when in reality, there are a lot of us, there are a lot of us who had that experience. I mean, a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm assuming that only more and more of us will be sort of coming to these terms. And I mean, and it's, you know, 
I think absolutely like the that world is completely oversaturated by white people and white men and but at the same time like this isn't good for any of us like no, the neurotic controlled eating you it's know not. Is, and yeah and the, and again like the I really I loved that the the bulk of what you talked about too was Yes, there are these sort of individual um, ancestral heritage foods that I'm, I'm reincorporating, but what we don't talk about when we speak about ancestral health mm-hmm. is the full picture, and we don't talk mm-hmm. about mental state, and we don't talk about stress. Mm-hmm. And I mean, those are the bedrocks to good health, and they're just yeah. totally left out in favor of packaged goods and things yeah. that can be sold. Supplements. Yeah, and supplements. Don't forget the supplements. Exactly. <laughs> And that's why I left the food to the end. Yeah. Like, okay, these are the, the health things that I've incorporated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and food. You know, it's like people only want to focus on food because it's easy. Yeah. Food is so easy. Right. Like, it's so easy to control. It's so easy. Like, it, you don't really need to. It's not hard. Right. The other things are hard to tackle. Nobody's talking about them. Not, not many. There are people. They're harder to tackle. They are very individual because every relationship is different. Every mindset is different. Everyone's upbringing and trauma levels are like everything is different for each person. So there is no guru. The only guru, you know, is you. You are your own guru. You have to tell yourself, you know, I'm reading a million books trying to figure out what I can do to help every relationship to help my own mental state as opposed to, you know, Oh yeah, I'm just going to eat this thing. Yeah. And also (laughs) like gain the perspective that the people whose books you read or the blogs you read, or like the people that you sort of put up on a pedestal of perfect health are have it together. Yeah. They're, (laughs) I mean, I'll tell this like hilarious story that I think I might have told before and I don't think you'd mind me telling it, but Many years ago, I was working at an organic juice company. So I not only like had a paleo food blog, but I also my my work was like marketing natural products. <laughs> I was fully immersed. And I was working for this juice company and we were trying to come up with some sort of product for Costco, I think it was, and to partner with someone. It was, we had just come out with all these stevia sweetened like lemonades basically. So they were like low sugar, low carb, et cetera. So we were trying to find someone within the quote unquote wellness industry to like endorse it. And I was like, well, how about Mark Sisson? (laughs) Uh, Knowing full well that he would probably never endorse it, but I knew that I could like somehow contact Mark Sisson. So anyway, it turns out I have lunch with Mark Sisson in Malibu and very sweet guy, actually, like really, really kind and nice. Uh, I went to sit down at this lunch and he was eating a plate that had a ton of white rice on it. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, he has actually come out and spoken a lot about the ways that he's adjusted his diet over and he was really responsible for me like doing the paleo thing to begin with like it was his book and his website and um and and I remember (laughs) sitting down and like I didn't even have to address it like I think I had probably like fangirled my email and said I knew who he was and I was really paleo and so he he talked about like well I just had a really hard workout so I need to replenish my glycogen and And it just, you know, it like whatever your, whatever standard you're holding yourself to, whatever like version of perfection or of like neurotic, whatever, 
is likely not even being practiced by the people who you're listening to, which Mm -hmm. is not, you know, we can fault them or not fault them. That's not the point. But again, it's just like this externalization or outsourcing of health and health advice is a a pointless, you know, endeavor and a lost cause because you don't know what that person's like and um, what they're really doing. You know, and somebody's idea of perfection is not perfect for you. So you might be striving for this idea of perfection and it's not even perfect. It's never going to be perfect. So, so like why keep striving for it? And like, it's so funny that he said that there's, and he felt the need to explain it right. because we all feel like somebody's looking at our plate. Right. I mean, and he's watching like what Mr. I'm Paleo with like a bunch of Right. Rice. Right. Like, so he had to explain it. Right. I had to explain it. It's <laughs> yeah. like, no, you don't have to explain it. Eat right. what's best for you. You know, if you were to have that same lunch with him right now, I'm sure you'd be like, whatever, give me some rice. Right. You right? It's funny. I'll just always remember <laughs> that. And I like for, for years, like every time I eat rice now, I'm just like, I need to replenish my glycogen. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm just saying it. <laughs> and I also, like you, love rice. That was like one of the most amazing reintroductions of my yes. diet. Um, yes, me too. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much again for having this conversation with me. I really appreciate it. Um, I always ask guests at the end of the podcast. I know you mentioned several books during the show, so feel free to mention that one. But I ask everyone if they could recommend like one or two books that were incredibly in, like um, important and meaningful to you in your life. Uh, it could be about this topic or anything else. What would that? Wow, be? I, I literally read a book a week. I try to read a book a week because you know I just like to read, and I'm a, I'm a square like that. So I'm currently reading the High Five Factor which I absolutely love because it's not just about self-compassion, but how to practice that Mm self-compassion. We beat ourselves up a lot. And I think when you stop and realize how many times a day you beat yourself up and it may not be something terrible, like, Oh, you're so stupid, but it's like, man, I should have known better. Like, why are you, you know, so harsh on yourself? So that book has helped me to really be kinder to myself. Um, And also I I think, Health at Every Size is one of those books where I was like, oh my God, I thought that there were diseases specific to people who were labeled overweight or obese when what I learned was that there are not diseases that are specific, that only, you know, obese people get and that, um, that actually being overweight is healthier than being underweight, which is where I was. And that I was like, oh my God, I could just open my eyes to a whole new world of looking at my own body, my own life and how I can be healthier. And it, and it talks about that. It's not just the number on the scale is like nothing compared to moving and your mental health and all of these other factors. And so that book was, was like the turning, one of the big, huge turning points for me to stop obsessing (laughs) again. So those, those two books, definitely. Um, I could definitely go on with the whole what list of books. What was the one you mentioned about two. the belief? Ooh, The Biology of Belief yeah. by Bruce Lipton. Yeah. That book is pretty epic. Um, when you it, when you read that book, I've read it twice. When you read that book, go like, take a highlighter and it just opened my eyes to so much um, biologically that I had. And I know, like, I, like, I have a biology degree. This man is a professor um, 
and he teaches doctors how to be doctors and his life was falling apart. And he, so he finally realized that it was his thoughts, his life, his like mental state that was making his life fall apart. And it's like when he made that shift, his whole life has changed. And like, I was like, whoa. And so when I made those shifts, it's so shocking to see that stress can have that amount of damage, like do that amount of damage on your cellular level. Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> so like, what? Let me just stop stressing. I'm going to go meditate right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. yeah. If only it were that easy. But yeah. Right? If only. <laughs> oh God, if only. <laughs> um, can people find you anywhere now or reach out to you to contact you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm at Orletha, like on Insta and and like that's how you find me. I'm pretty easy to find and there's only one Orletha. <laughs> I know my parents my parents were real creative. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much again. Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me. It was so fun talking to you. Hello again. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to that conversation. If you would like to support the podcast and have a few extra dollars to spare per month, patreon.com slash Anya Kotz is where you can do that. Uh, we have a h- enormous, amazing community full of like-minded people. I offer workshops and playlists and a Discord server and a book club. We're currently reading Memories, Dreams, Reflections by Carl Jung. And we'd love to have you in in the group. So patreon.com slash Anya Kotz is where you can do that. If you would like to support the podcast in a different way, if you don't want to join the Patreon community, you can go into iTunes and leave some stars and a review. This helps the show show up more in search results and makes the podcast look more legitimate when I ask people to come on. So you leaving a review for me circles back to you in the form of new and interesting people and conversations on the podcast. I am going to play you out with a song called Enough by Aisha Badru, because I think one of the reasons why we get so caught up in quote-unquote wellness and dieting and hating our bodies and being at war with our bodies is because we think we're not enough and we think there's a way to get better, Uh, but by doing that we often get worse and become more disconnected, so... Let's all collectively support each other in not doing that anymore. Um, Enjoy the song and I will catch you next time, hopefully with two fewer teeth in my mouth and not a lot of pain. Bye.
Sure.